You know, it's hard to miss Christmas, uh, all the decorations, and uh, if you're in that genre of Hallmark movies, I don't know how many of those are out there new this year, so it's hard to miss it. Christmas has a lot of themes, it has a lot of distractions, and it's easy to miss the point, right? Real easy to miss the point. So to be, to be real clear here this morning, if you were wondering... If the baby Jesus, the walk on water Jesus, the cross Jesus, and he who lives in my heart Jesus are all the same, the answer is yes, okay? And we laugh because it's ironic that some folks have never put that together, right? They really have never put that together. Or don't want to. I have to admit, Christmas is my favorite time of year. My kids will tell you that. Jan will tell you that. It's always been my favorite time of year. My, my parents, my dad and mom, made it special for us growing up there in Arkansas. And, you know, we didn't. I was raised in a town of 400 and something people. We, we just, it was the bomb being raised there. I didn't know it at the time. It was awesome. We didn't have a, a lot at times, but my parents always made Christmas Special And Jan and I have tried to do the same with our kids and tried to make memories and try to think, do things unique just to our family. But one of the things we never did along the way, we never really followed the Advent calendar. We never really engaged that much. We really didn't know much about it to probably in the last decade and a half to really even kind of think about it too much. But just looking up this week that they're the top 21 Advent calendars. And there's some pretty interesting Advent calendars you can find, Legos. Star Wars Advent calendars. There's uh, Peppa Pig. If you've got any grandkids, you know about that. Peppa Pig. Some of you have no idea what that is. The Peppa Pig. And then, of course, for all of us, is Reese's Chocolate, uh, where you can open, you know, open up a chocolate each day, eat it, count off the days. So, Advent calendars. But one of, you know, and you'll find Advent calendars that may have the manger crew, if you will, on the Advent calendar. But one of the people you're probably not going to find on there is John the Baptist. <laughs> and there's probably some reasons for that because John has a reputation that probably would not fit in this time of year of joy and excitement and, you know, just thinking carefree, everything. But if we looked at John's life, which we will do today, John's Christmas preparation makes ours seem pretty minuscule. Pretty ridiculous even at times. If there was a character in Scripture who personified the season of Advent, it was John. His life, his ministry, his teaching, all centered around preparing for the coming Messiah. Everything he did. So we're going to read in Luke chapter 3. We're continuing our series of our Advent series, The Thrill of Hope. And if you're reading along in your devotion, you know this week is the generosity of hope is the thought behind that. So we're going to read this passage of Scripture, which probably will make you feel like this is not a Christmas passage, but we're going to read it anyway, okay? Here we go. John said to the crowds, and by the way, you can go back and read verse 6, verse 5 and 6. Uh, Josiah taught on that a couple of weeks ago, so I won't talk about preparing the way. But 
John picks pick up here. It said, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by, by him, you brood of vipers, Merry Christmas, you, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Underline that if you've got, if you've got it, the written word. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Interesting, huh? And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that our, out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What shall we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they said, what shall we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. The soldiers asked him, and what shall we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly, were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah because they had been wondering, is he coming, right? They'd been wondering for so long. Because John was famous before Jesus was famous. They were coming to see John before they even knew about the carpenter from Nazareth, right? Takes a pretty special person to start receiving that, knowing he's not the way. He is only pointing to the way. We've said over and over here at Renovation, we want to raise up influencers, but we don't want to raise influencers to act like us. We want to raise up influencers who act more like Jesus. We just want to point you to the way. We're not the way, but we want to point you to the way. That's for sure. John answered all of them, them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted. In other words, he begged. He's cheering them on. He's doing... He exhorted the people and proclaimed. And of course, I love the way they do this, the way it's written here, the good news to them. Because it doesn't sound like good news if you listen to this, right, it sounds like, hey, this is not a manger message I'm going to bring. It's not about farm animals all around. It's not about kids singing. It's none of that. It's about this dude who's coming after me, who is mightier than me, who has a pitchfork in his hand, okay, who's going to separate the chaff from the wheat, and he's going to take the chaff, and he's going to burn it. Merry Christmas. Again, that doesn't sound like hope, but it is. It's great hope. Because these folks knew what it, like, what it was like to be in bondage all these years. They've been waiting 400 or over that years to hear about the message, the way.
John is in a long line of people in Scripture, right? He is in a long line of irrational, ludicrous people. Noah, Elijah, David, Hosea, Moses, Peter, Paul. If they were here today, we would get them counseling. And they would never do what they did, right? Because they just wouldn't have. Because if you take God out of the formula, you would never do what they did. But God was in the formula. There was God math going on here. So here comes John. You know, most of us today, if we saw John walk in here and his... His, he'd been out in the wilderness of whatever he was wearing and all his beard and what he was eating and all those kind of things. We might even ask the question, is John even a Christian? The thing we would for sure do is hope he goes to another church because he's probably kind of acts like maybe Assemblies of God, maybe that's what. Our, but of course we know he's not Assemblies of God because he's Baptist, so he's not that. But then not many Baptists I've met, no. And you know my heart, I love, similarly to God, I love Baptists. That's the one thing about being a part of the Church of Nazarene. We are connected in all kinds of different ways. But my point is this, we would question his leadership. But John didn't have time, did he, to mess around. John understood the urgency of what he was sharing with the folks. He didn't have time to soft sell it. He didn't have time to give you another message that maybe someday you might pick up on it and get stirred somewhere else. No, John came and he said, prepare the way, repent, and prepare. I'm preparing the way. Lay low the mountains. I'm preparing the way. That's good news, folks. He's thought of us as this fire and brimstone. And I know that when you're reading here and he's talking about fire, you would make you think he's, talk, he's, he's the guy of fire and brimstone. But when he talks about repentance, he's not talking about condemnation, talk to condemnation. Because Jesus' first sermons are about repentance. Peter's first sermons are about repentance. Paul's first sermons are about repentance. Why was it repentance? Because what they were saying was, was not condemnation, condemnation. They were saying freedom, freedom. Pathway, pathway. That's what they were saying. They all started that way. The kingdom of God is near. And if you look at John, what I love about John is, John, we probably would never equate him with this, but he would have been the poster child of joy. What joy is it to tell people, the Messiah is near you? I mean, the, before he was born, right? The word says John jumped with joy in Elizabeth's womb when Jesus and, and Mary came near. He leapt with joy in her womb. This is a man of joy. Doesn't sound like it. I get it. In John three twenty nine and 30, I love what he says, says the bride, and this is John talking here, said the bride belongs to the bridegroom. Oh, by the way, I I just say this. I know this day and age when we do weddings, and and I understand there's a lot going on. When we do weddings, it's mostly about the bride, but there's coming a day when it's going to be more about the groom. (laughs) There's one I know about that's going to be about the groom. (laughs) 
I don't know about any others, and I don't really, you know. But I love what he says here. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. Remember this week when the Holy Spirit spoke in conviction in your heart? Was it received with joy? Because the bridegroom through his spirit spoke to you. And he goes on to say about joy. What what did he say? He said, that joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater. I I must become less. John was being, John was famous before Jesus was famous. He didn't have to step out of the way. But he chose because he was humble. And he knew he was just proclaiming of the one to come. And again, the whole concept around repentance really wasn't his message. Even though it was very clear because they kept asking, what shall we do? It's asked three times here. What are we supposed to do? His message mainly was about the Messiah's near. You can touch him. He can change you. And most of us know that repentance is to turn around, is is to change one's mind and, and heart. If we get it, we know that repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. It really is, it's really changing us. It's really, we're going a different direction than we used to go. And I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But John's message here, yeah, that was there. But John was saying, the goodness of God, the generosity of God is near. It's called his grace. He didn't just come to stir you. I didn't just come to scare you and say, the dude's coming with the pitchfork. (laughs) I came to tell you he's near. I came to tell you he's doing something extravagant. It's called grace. He has come to take the messed up, broken whatever and to make it something new. The generosity of God. The generosity of hope. John is a man of hope. John was coming to say there is a way. There is a path. The kingdom of God is at hand. He kept asking him three times, what shall we do? Well, John, I've already pointed out to you, produce fruit in keeping with your repentance. 
produce fruit because you're a different person. You didn't just say, I'm sorry I got caught or I'm sorry that I... No, produce fruit. Some of the ways he said was, just quit taking more than you're supposed to. Quit extorting people. He asked the... The soldiers ask, what shall we do? Well, just quit lying. It's like I've said before about the, about the Ten Commandments. You know, we look at the Ten Commandments and we go, well, which one of those would we not want to follow, really? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> which one of those would you look at and go, oh, this is kind of unfair? <laughs> really? So he's just kind of clicking off some things. But what I love about this is he doesn't just say, and it's kind of cool that it's in the same passage of Scripture. Don't just, don't take more than you should. Don't extort people. Don't steal from people. But then he says, become generous. I don't want just a faith that causes me to stop doing something. I want a faith that causes me to become something I never was before. See, that's what we're talking about when we talk about transformation. You can go to a lot of religions, and they're here in this valley. There are ones around that can discipline you long enough to stop doing certain things. You can stop drinking certain things. You can stop saying certain words. You can do enough things, but that's different than being transformed to becoming something you were not before. I don't want a faith. Yeah, of course, I tried to stop cursing all those years right before I got saved. And yeah, I was the most foul-mouthed. Jan would beg me to stop cursing. I tried to stop cursing. But God changed me not only from a person who stopped cursing, but a person who has a desire to encourage people. That's different. Not only did I just stop cursing, But I came, became a voice. I'm still working on the celebrating part. We've talked about that this week. We were talking about it in our training with, with Jeff and Sarah. I'm not a very good celebrator. I think I'm driven so much. Once I finish something, I'm ready on to go on to the next thing. So there's some things God's still working on me, how to celebrate things, how to do things. But the one thing I hope I am along the way, though, is I'm a voice of encouragement. Because I think encouragement is attached to hope. To be people of generosity. I'm going to teach more on that. We're going to teach this whole series next, next month called A Blessed Life. It's around Robert Morse's teaching on this and the whole month of January. I am so excited about that for you guys because I'm going to tell you right now, it's not about getting more money into the church or anything else. It is about creating fruit bearers for the kingdom. Generosity. I think people of generosity have great eyesight and great hearing. They see things that other people don't see. They hear things, the voice of an almighty God whispering in a way the rest of us may not. I think people of generosity are people who are grateful. 
And there is a difference. Let me say this. There's a difference between being a giver and a person of generosity, in my opinion. Now, I'm just telling you, a person who gives, you can be a person who has the gift of giving. We believe in that. We, have a, we believe there's people who have... Who, who know they get it. They understand the concept of giving inside the kingdom. They understand all that and they walk in that obedience and walk in that. But there's a transformation that happens when you become a person of generosity because there's all kinds of currency around generosity. And it is financial, yes it is, but it is all kinds of things. To be a person of generosity. Forgiveness is a currency of generosity. Grace. Joel, come here real quick. I use Joel a lot because he doesn't know any better except sit on the front row. So I... <laughs> and yeah, I've probably used you before, Joel. If I told Joel today, I'm assuming this, Joel, because I know you pretty well. If I told you today I have all the money in the world, Okay? And you're my friend. That's even better. Okay? But, Joel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to go out today. And everywhere you go and everybody, and with your, the hearing you have and the eyes to see, everywhere you have an opportunity to give money away at whatever portion you see fit, I want you to do that. And then everything you give away, I'm going to replenish it. So you'll never be without. Matter of fact, there's this law of multiplication. You may even have more in some ways. So today, Joel, I want you to go out and give the money away. But let me make a change here real quick. I don't have all the money in the world, okay? So don't go do that. But if I said today, Joel, I want you to go out today because you've been given all the grace you'll ever need. His grace is sufficient. He will always replenish it. He will always grow the ability. No matter how much you give away, you will have more to give away. Just have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. As he does that. The currency of generosity. Thank you, Joel. Everybody give Joel a hand. He's he's a... For, for sitting on the front row. Oh, by the way, I just want to say thank you guys. for. I, I know we took the training wheels off a little bit today. In other words, the ropes are not up. Okay. But I thank you for moving closer and closer and closer. Uh, we'll just see if the training wheels work or not because I know, you know, anyway, we took them off. Uh, they may come back, so please help me to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. I appreciate that. This... This Wednesday night, I'm so excited, not only of, uh, uh, for my starving children, feed my starving children, and I know our crew is going on, but we also get a chance this Wednesday night to host Create Academy's uh, Christmas program. And Victoria Canfield, who's up here a while ago helping with Sarah, Pastor Sarah and the children, she teaches there. And it's an awesome opportunity for us as a church in this community to host their Christmas program. And I'm so excited about that. Because this room right here, I believe, is a part of the currency of generosity. You know, it used to look like this. If we've got the slides, most of you know. I mean, not most of you. Some of you know. It used to look like that. And by the way, I want to say, 50 years ago and over the next few years, the people who had the vision for this campus 
I hope and pray we're still honoring that. I know it's going there. Nothing's a straight line, and there's hills and valleys, but I'll tell you what. God, I believe, is still using this place and the vision they had then. We're going to continue to move forward. But now it looks like this, right? And it's an opportunity to offer it to a, to, a, to a school who may not have those things that others have. And we're able to host them here. It's a currency of generosity. The children that we got here today, I mean, it used to look like this, right? Our light way. But now it looks like this in the children's. And so the Lord has given us currencies of generosity to be able to use that and to be able to step into that. I think our van out there is a currency of generosity. But I'll tell you, a van like this would be way more of a currency of generosity, right? So... So if, any of you, so if any of you out there can go buy that for us and drop it off, I'd appreciate that. I really, really would. Or you buy two of them because I think we're going to need them. Yeah, that first van is a, vo- is a vision of hope, but this one's a, little, a whole lot of hope, okay? That's a, <laughs> that we get back to the church and we don't break down. That's the hope there, nothing else. I pulled up on this campus last night, and this place was covered almost on this side with cars. Let's see the next one. This, and part of why Jeff is a part of us, let's see the gymnasium. This is a place of hope. This is a currency of hope to families in our neighborhood and families out there. This is currency, generosity of hope, folks. And we've got to live into it. We've said this here. We've either got to figure out how to use this place for the kingdom, or we need to sell it and give it to somebody who knows how to do it. One of the two. But I believe God has called us to use this place and expand his kingdom and unleash on this community fruit bearers for the kingdom. That's what I believe, or I wouldn't be here. We don't just need givers, and we don't just need to fundraise. We need fruit bearers unleashed to this community and around the world. That's what we need. Image bearers. This week, I'm going to read something here from Al. Al's here somewhere. Where, where, is it? where are you, Al? I know you're here somewhere. I know I'm going to embarrass the dickens out of you. But you didn't raise your hand, did you, Al? Al, where are you? Yeah. Al sent this text to me this week. It said, Renovation has had a tremendous impact on my life. And through everything, y'all and God are still there. And I thank you and the church family. And this week, he graduated from ASU. And I just... We don't know. If we don't come six years ago, if we don't stay, we don't know, do we? Oh, what is Ralph Aldo Emerson? Back to that statement I said to you earlier. I think you may have it up on the screen. This time, like all times, is a very good one. If we but know what to do with it. What if we had the eyes to see, folks? What if we had the ears to hear to know what God is up to? And then we step into that. We step, we put our hand in his hand, and we go with him wherever he tells us to go. Prepare the way. What if this, this year, this Christmas season for you was getting clutter out of your life? Getting the stuff out of your life that's keeping you from the way. What if there are things we're doing that we've got to get out of the way to be able to say, behold, the Lamb of God who has been near you, who has been chasing after you all your life. I know you may ask, where has he been? He's been where he's always been chasing after you.
for some of you today as dads specifically. Moms. The greatest gift you can give your kids this Christmas. No matter their age. Even if they're out of the home. Is to become a forerunner of the light of the world. Prepare the way. A voice of hope. A voice of joy and generosity. Can we become a place where broken, messed up people can find hope and healing and second chances? Marriages are healed. The lost are found. Successful people have found a real purpose. Prepare the way. Let me pray for us. Lord, help us today. As we will hang out together, eat together, but we will go our way at some point today. Let us be a people who in our hearts, just like John the Baptist, that yes, we will make, we'll have fun. We want to give presents. There's something about giving that, that excites us. I pray, Lord, that there are people who will give gifts this year way more desiring that than them receiving anything, even though they will, and they, they'll, they'll be thankful. But, Lord, even with all that, please help us put that in place, in its place. That our purpose and our goal every day when we get up is to prepare the way. The Messiah is near. Help us, Lord, to live this to glorify you, to edify others. And, Lord, we know when we're we're good to others, we always are best to ourselves. (laughs) And we thank you for that today, Lord. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.